Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of the GYST podcast, your favorite podcast. Glenn, what's it also known as? Get your shit together. Glenn, I appreciate you filling in for me when it comes to saying that word. Not a problem. Sooner or later, we will get you to say it, though. Uh, I believe that's what Kyle and Christian said on episode one as well. So, ready to do episode 119? <laughs> One, 120. 120? 120. 120. All right. So, this is going to be a good one, Glenn, because I feel both you and I can contribute a lot to this. It's all about being accountable to yourself. Self-accountability as well as understanding your weaknesses and how you can, even though it's accountability, even though it's accountability to yourself, being self-aware enough to know that you need someone else's help, I think is a, is a form of self-accountability as well. So with that, I mean, there's not a real lesson behind this. I, I think it's mostly just going to be driven by experience and, and thoughts. So with that, what are your thoughts about being accountable to yourself? Well, being accountable sort of ties into uh, my beliefs on personal responsibility. Um, you hold yourself accountable for things you say you're going to do, things you plan on doing. You're setting a goal. You're following through. It's your own follow-through. It's kind of a testimony on how you are as a person. Um, if you cannot trust yourself to follow through with plans you make for yourself, how can anyone else trust you to follow through for them? Because you're supposed to take yourself as seriously or more seriously than you take everyone else anyway. Hmm. I think, for me, what I really like about the word accountable is, for me, it's so closely, closely related to agreements. And by that, I mean... Being accountable just means how much are you honoring an agreement that you've made. And so for me, when I when I take a look at the word accountable, as, as I'm doing right now, it's, it's written behind you. What it means to me is if I say I'm going to do something, how serious am I about doing that thing? The correct answer should be 100%. Because if not, why am I saying it in the first place? But I think New Year's resolutions are a perfect example of that. There's a stat that we gave on episode 43 about New Year's resolutions that by January 15th, 95% of New Year's resolutions have already been broken. Which means we have gotten so much in the habit of just saying something because it sounds good. Without the real understanding Two things. With One, without the real understanding of what it's going to take to accomplish that. And two, without the real intention of doing it in the first place. It's January. I should set something. Okay, you know, uh, let's take a look at what I'm lacking in my life or what I have too much of. Uh, I'm lacking money. Therefore, I want to make more money this year. Boom, set. But it's not going to happen. 
I'm because gonna lose a hundred pounds this year. That's what I. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And it, it always turns out to be a. That's what I want to do rather than a. What I'm going to do. What I am doing. Mm-hmm. So easy to turn it into. I want to versus I'm actually doing it. And so think think of a time before you were a part of this podcast because I think over the past several episodes we've recognized you were in a different mindset than you were before. So think back to before you were introduced to personal development. When you would set a goal for yourself, one that you did not accomplish, why do you think you did not accomplish that? Like what? what's the mindset that you were in? How did it play out? Was it something that you even really intended on doing or was it just something that you just said no if i intended to do something i actually did it Mm -hmm. and my mindset was not at the place where it's hey here's a goal i am going to do this or i am starting to do this right now it was more hey i i want to do this it was it was a mindset of hey i know i need to change something but uh not really sure how i'm going to do this so i'm going to say i want to do it that's the first step I said it, so I feel better about myself now. Yay! Yay me! Go team! Well, that doesn't really help. I wasn't taking action. But that's powerful, though. Mm-hmm. Because... Oh, I realize it now. You realize that people say stuff just to make themselves feel better. Yeah, that's the thing. Always looking for that positive feeling, you know, that little rush of endorphins. Yes, I did something positive. I said something. But all you're doing is saying something. Mm-hmm. Words have only as much power as the actions you take give them. Hmm. Yeah. The. I think what's 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 important to think about when it comes to intentions is some of the the I think all of us have have said at one point or another on this on this podcast, and that's that we judge ourselves based off our intentions but we judge others based off their results. And so when it comes to accountability, self-accountability like this episode is, it's easy for me to give excuses why I didn't accomplish something because I didn't have enough time or I was working too much, I didn't have enough money, whatever. I could come up with excuse after excuse. And because I'm the one giving it, I'm the one who's also buying it. But if somebody else gives me that same excuse, I'm not going to listen to it. Because at the end of the day, if they really wanted to, they would have done it. And so I think that's really important too, is when you are being accountable to yourself, you can't have any wiggle room. You can't think any gray thoughts. It has to be black and white. You either did it or you didn't. That's true accountability. Hmm. I believe. I wholeheartedly agree. What are some ways that you have, and and this is this is why I'm glad it's it's you and I on this episode because when it comes to personality styles, like we've discussed in a previous episode, <laughs> we are polar opposites. <laughs> we are opposites, and because of that, I'm more feelings and emotions based, and you are more facts and logical based. So I'm going to I'm going to play the the other card for you. 
how do you take something that you'd like to do and emotionally connect to it? Because it's it doesn't come naturally. It, it's something that you have to consciously do. So what are some tips and tricks that, that you do, some strategies that you've done in the past to emotionally connect to things that you'd like to accomplish? Well, for me... Um... I'm, I'm going to use, and I've, I've, I've discussed this multiple times over the last few episodes, my weight as an example. Um, I have a goal to reach a certain weight inside a set amount of time. And I hold myself accountable. I made it personal because I, I literally had to look at myself and go, I cannot stand the way I look. I had to take a deep look at myself and go, this is not who I want to be. This is not who I am. And the more I looked at myself and looked at what I had let myself become, the more I just despised myself. I took a very harsh look at myself and said, I can't stand the choices I've made. Because it is the choices I've made that put me here. It's not not anyone else. And those that think logically tend to go, okay, this is my fault that I'm here. I don't live in the the realm of the victim card where I can blame McDonald's for my weight. They may have made the burger, but I'm the one that bought it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not McDonald's fault. It's not my parents' fault. Granted, they didn't help when I was growing up. But again, it, it was down to personal choice once you come to a certain age where you have some understanding of what it's doing to you. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I feel very strongly about is personal responsibility, holding yourself accountable for your own choices, your own actions, and looking at where I was going. I've got no one else to blame for it, so I had to look at what I became, and uh, had to take a hard look at how I got there. And now every time I come up to those times where I'm I'm tempted to just sort of let loose and go, okay, it's a, I'm going to have a cheat day. Or, you know, I'm going to Chicago soon. There's plenty of great food there. You know, you guys know how much I love their pizzas. I uh, talk about them all the time. I had their deep dish like I told you that no, day. No, 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 no. You had Domino's. You did Yeah, not. but it was a Domino's no, deep dish no, in Chicago. That it's counts. It's not Chicago deep dish. That is not. <sighs> that actually hurts me to hear. But no, it's... Anyone who knows me knows I love a Chicago deep dish pizza. And it's going to be hard because it's a very tempting thing. It's great food, but I, I'm holding myself accountable. Every time I feel the need to go, yeah, hey, I'm going to have a slice of pizza, or I'm going to have a burger and fries, or I'm going to drink this Coke. I just think to myself, oh, well, look where having that Coke got you. Look where that burger has gotten you over over the years. Yeah, it's only one burger. Mm-hmm. But one turns into two. Two turns into three. Four. Five. Next thing you know, you're eating out McDonald's five, six times a week. Getting Burger King the other, you know, six <laughs> meals of the week. Yeah. So, it's, it, you know, for each person, how they're going to recognize those moments where they have to hold themselves accountable each person is going to react differently. For me, it's looking at the facts. Okay, these are the choices I've made. They got me to where I am. I need to change those. So now it's, okay, here's what I ate before. 
Now I'm going to start eating carrots instead of fries. Okay, I've made it to the carrot stage. I'm good. But you know what? That burger's not too healthy either. Maybe I'll get the burger without the bun. Maybe without the cheese. It's hard. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's another step in the positive direction. Then after that, it's okay, the burgers are still pretty greasy. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll go with chicken instead. The other day we ate at Applebee's. And instead of maybe a burger and fries, what I would normally get there, mm-hmm. I went with a, a simple beef steak with onions and mushrooms. No other things other than you know, some potatoes, some potato, red potatoes too. So a little bit of a healthier fare. A healthier meal. I, I felt hungry afterwards. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was a healthier choice than what I would normally make while eating out. And I know, based off our history together, we've been friends for, for several years, I've noticed a difference in you after eating a meal. Uh, so afterwards, we went to the movies, uh, saw a movie, and throughout the whole thing... You, you seemed fine. And the reason why I bring that up is previously you didn't feel good or you felt a little sluggish. And so right away you can already see that, that it is making a difference. Mm-hmm. And what I what's interesting that you said, so what I've come across in working with people when it comes with personal development for the people who think logically and fact-based, change is very difficult. For the people who are more emotional-based, it's a little bit easier. Because breakthroughs only happen after breakdowns. True breakthroughs. Something triggers and you get an emotional attachment and, and you change the way you feel, the way you look, the way you are emotionally tied to something. Everything that you just said was now a, a tool to help you because you said everything very logically and, and very factual based. You know, in, instead of this, I'm going to have this. Instead of this portion, I'm going to have this portion. And it was so logical because you've recognized that's what you need to help you be the best version of you that's possible. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone's going to have an emotional attachment to a choice. And for those of us who think more logically, you have to use logic. Wow. Um, for those that are approaching it from an emotional side, you're going to find something emotional to attach to it and go, this is why I need to make that change. Um, the loss of a loved one, spending time with them. It's... One of those hard things where you go, okay, well, now I've got an emotional reason. I just lost someone. I'm going to spend more time with these other people that I love, too. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen. I'm not overly emotional myself, but there are times when I do get emotional. And I do have emotional feelings based on those events. Um, And loss, I think, is something everyone can relate to in some way. So taking that moment to attach your goals to those emotions also can be a benefit to everyone. But there are some goals where rational people are just, there's no emotion in it. It's strictly, here's some logic, 
here's where I want to get to. How can I get there? Okay, I'm in the wrong place. Let me make these changes. You got to find a way to make those positive choices and hold yourself accountable for those choices in, in a way that it actually helps you and benefits you rather than brings you down. For me, I realized this is the year where I really am putting everything out on the line. I don't have a typical job. I am just doing my own stuff now. And it can be very difficult being emotionally attached to things when you work for yourself. Because if I'm doing something that isn't producing results, but I've invested so much time and effort into it, I'll keep going because I don't know when to stop. When is the point where you give up on something, where you abandon something? So for me, it's been very difficult as an entrepreneur to, to recognize that. And so one of the things that I've been doing lately is thinking with, with the end date. And so I know I want to do you know, three, four different seminars before the end of the year. I reached out to the hotel and I said I'd like to set up a meeting, met with their event coordinator, and we scheduled out all the events for the rest of the year. That's something that I needed to do to get into that facts and logical state because now I know, okay, June 28th is my next seminar. Shameless plug. That's when... <laughs> so because of that, I know now where do I need to be a month from then? Mm-hmm. Three weeks, two weeks, one week. And by working backwards, it's helping me create a roadmap. Because I've recognized that that's what I need to hold myself accountable. Is if I take emotion out of it and just think logically, that's how I can go on to accomplish things. What are some ways that you will do that? Where you will put aside your facts and logical mind and go with your heart and, and get in tune with your emotions and, and feelings to, to maybe propel you forward in a different way. Something that you haven't done. Because, again, it's difficult to do. It because is very difficult because it's going against my very core Yeah, you have to consciously think about it, and, which is difficult. And I would say that's more in the relationship I have with my father. Because I have um, certain things I want to do with my father before he passes, which I'm... You know, you never know when that's going to be, right? Um, he's not in the best of health. He's put himself through hell as a pastor. And now in his retirement, he's still working. 67 years old, he's still working. And it's getting harder for him to do things. And I, I, I have this goal of of sitting down and recording just a little father and son talks. You know, um, I figured, you know, that's something I could, I could do with him that would help us relate better together as well as, oh, maybe help others in some form, find a, a way to deal with their own father and son issues, uh, their own familial issues. But, um, 
logically thinking, I'm going, okay, well, my dad doesn't have time. I don't have that much time. It doesn't help. So I have to think from the, the emotion here. It's, okay, well, my dad's older. He's always complaining about his health. He's not going to be around much longer. I have to put myself in that emotional state where if I wait too long, how long is too long? Mm. How long is too long? You, you, in, in this situation, he could pass away anytime. Heart issues, he's been diabetic for the last 20 years at least. Um, which, another reason why I'm going the health direction I'm going. I'm not diabetic, haven't reached that state, but I don't want to reach that state. <laughs> and the doctors always tell me, how is your health so good? <laughs> your, your blood pressure's good. Our systems must be broken. No, I'm fat, I get it. But I'm, I'm still reasonably healthy for my size. Um, but my dad isn't, so I've got that possibility because there's a family history heart issues. He had to have um, heart surgery when I was just eight years old. He's diabetic. He's overweight. Um, he's had high blood pressure. He's had um, anxiety issues. Uh, so, you know, stuff that I could deal with myself. And I can look at the logical side of it. Okay, well, the doctors are saying I'm healthy. I don't have to worry about it. But also the doctors are telling me, since I've got a family history, okay, well, I've got two ways of looking at this. Logic isn't helping. The emotional side. My dad could pass away before he's 70. He could pass away tomorrow, for all I know. Okay. We don't know how much time we have. I have to set goals that I can meet within the time I'm given. I have to meet those goals. And my goal is to be with my father as much as possible. I'm not always good at keeping those goals. It's like, okay, we just, you know, Rohit and I just went to Applebee's. Next day, hey, Glenn, want to go to Applebee's? No, I just ate there. Well, we're going to Applebee's. You can meet us if you want. Fine. It's... The wrong way of, of looking at these things. So, um, if I were to stick with the logical side, it's not going to help. But the emotional side, it's in certain things like this, it's easier to relate to. And that's how I get into the emotional side if I have to. Mm -hmm. um, it has to be something very personal, something very. Um, troubling for me to bring emotions into it something that that I started doing for myself is and, and I wrote this down when you set something for example like goals or a declaration play devil's advocate so you have to defend yourself and what that does is it creates an emotional attachment to it and it's kind of like having a heart-to-heart -heart with yourself. It's something that I've started doing, and it's already paying off. Because if I say I want to do something, I can just say it without any real intention to do it. 
But if I have to defend myself on, on why I want to do it, why is it so important that I do this? It's, it's creating an emotional attachment to that activity, which now the more emotional you are about something, the more it falls into your subconscious. And so it's going to be easier to follow through. Whereas if it's not in your subconscious and you have to consciously think about it, it's going to take more effort. And I just kind of want to share that because since I've been doing that, holding myself accountable has really helped me reach a, reach a whole new level because it's, it's very difficult for me right now because when, when I'm an entrepreneur, I live at home by myself. I, I have two podcasts. I'm, I'm doing seminars. I'm coming out with this 30-day life reset program by the end of July. When, when you set all these things and there's nobody there holding you accountable except for yourself, it's really difficult. No, yeah, you can come up with excuses at the drop of a hat if it's just you. Yeah, but and and I've noticed that on things like the podcast. Uh, a couple weeks ago, myself, you and Kyle got together in, in the studio and we spent maybe 20 minutes to a half hour on the website. And as you and Kyle were reviewing Which website is that by the way? Uh, I believe that's a gystpodcast.com. All right. Um G-Y-S-T. G-Y-S-T. Um, but as you guys were, were talking, I was just sitting taking notes. You guys would mention, oh, you know, I don't really like this, or, or this looks good here, or, you know, let's change this. And I essentially created a to-do list for myself. And I think within two days, it was all done. Because I'm holding myself accountable to my word. And the word that I gave you... And the word that I gave to Kyle is these are things that I want to own. I'm going to do this because I want our product to be better. And so that's a form of accountability that I've taken is by making promises to others. Being the quality that I am, being being touchy-feely and, and in tune with my emotions, it pains me when I have to tell someone that I let them down. That to me is such a strong motivator as opposed to letting myself down. Because mm-hmm. I can let myself down because I've been doing it all my life. And what's the proof of that? The life I have right now is not my ideal life. If it was, then I would have always adhered to everything I said. Right. And so that's what I do to uh, hold myself accountable. Good shit, good shit. Yeah. So with that, um, I will do... No, Glenn, how about you? Would you mind doing the Kyle Reed's two-minute takeaway? Two-minute takeaway. You know what? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think this uh, episode, it's something near and dear to all of us because we all set goals. We all, we all make promises. But we all deal with holding ourselves accountable. Finding that way to hold ourselves accountable Um not only will make us better individuals, better friends, um, but also better family members and better community members because people will be able to say, you know what, this person follows through. I can trust this person. And once you've built that level of trust, they'll start to see that improvement 
they'll start to go, you know what, maybe I can improve too. And I, I think that's something we all need to realize. Holding ourselves accountable is not just for ourselves, but also for everyone else in our lives. Leading by example. Lead by example. Oh, that's powerful. Well, thank you all for listening. This was a fun episode. A lot of good information. Um, you can always catch us at gystpodcast.com. Again, gystpodcast.com. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, Stitcher, iPhone, whatever. Um, podcast Addict. And uh, I guess we'll catch you again. Um, and, and the one thing I'd just like to, to say real quick is... This episode was recorded and is available to view on our uh, YouTube page. YouTube. And so go to YouTube, search GYST Podcast, and we'll come up. And the reason why you want to do that is it's just such a different experience. If, if you hear some of the things that Glenn and I are, are sharing right now, that's one thing. But, but to see the emotion behind it, see the interactions that him and I have, uh, it just adds an extra layer of connectivity, I, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a, a really powerful topic that we talked about. And I, I feel the emotion that we shared is so much more powerful in visual, visual form. So, with that, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.